Hi everyone, welcome to week four um, of the podcast. This week I'm joined by not the flawed journey, but Emma Craig. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on again. I know. Well, you weren't on before, were you on about? <laughs> <laughs> um, this week we're going to talk about how we came to Australia and how we done a farm work and just like the ups and downs of it and sort of to give people advice after all this coronavirus shit disappears um, if they want to do it, if they want to come out here, if they want to go travel. Um, I feel like we've went through it all. So. Yeah, that's it. And I feel like as well, like what we went through is probably very normal to other people that they've went through it as well. But not everyone necessarily shares the insights to what goes wrong on social media or, yeah. you know, no one necessarily wants to see the bad sides of travel either. So people tend to like hide that. Mm-hmm. And even we did as well. Like we didn't necessarily, you know, tell everyone what we went through when it was happening. Um, and that's because we didn't even know how to deal with it ourselves. But now when we look back on it and notice like how much it could help other people, we now feel like we should talk about it to help people that want to come out. And, you know, when people come to Australia or whenever people travel anywhere, you always have expectations of how things are going to be. And it's easy for someone on the opposite side of the world to look at, say, for instance, someone's social media and be like, well, they're really living the dream. Like, they've got a good life or mm-hmm. you know like they're living the high life and yeah it can be like that sometimes but there's also downsides and yeah. times when it is shit and times when you're really stressed and don't know what to do and times when you think that you're gonna lose your job and times when you think you're gonna end up homeless like there's so much that can happen yeah that people don't know that it's normal to happen as well it was good whenever we came over because i basically done fuck all you were the one who planned everything <laughs> <laughs> so it was like i was not getting a free trip because obviously I had to pay for it as well, but it was like, you were like the coordinator, so that was good. It was very well, yeah, thankful. like, the thing is with me, like, I'm very organized. Like, well, since lockdown, it's actually taught me to be more relaxed about things, but I remember, like, the old me was really on top of everything. Like, I yeah. had to have a plan for, like, a year in advance, mm-hmm. and, like, if I didn't, I would have had severe anxiety of, like, panic of, like, but what happens if we don't know what we're doing? Like, I always had no okay that's happening but what's next and what's mm-hmm. next and what's next so i had to have the steps of you what had a list next. i know every like for everything for like small like tasks or annoys yeah. and stuff like out there like obviously guys are lazy as fuck um, well not all guys well no but the majority <laughs> of us like we'll, if we see a mess we'll be like we'll get it done but like we won't do it like straight away we'll wait until like later and um like obviously i know like if i'm at the house in the house and like you're away to work and, like, if I just sat on the Xbox all day and, like, say there was, like, a mess or something or, like, it was untidy and you came back and you seen that, like, that's me sort of, like, disrespecting you a wee bit. So, like, that's why it was good whenever, like, you would have, like, left, like, a list to do because I'd be like, well, okay, well, if I do this, I know it's not going to piss <laughs> her off. And, but, like, it was just, like, sh- it was things I should have been doing anyway. Like, yeah. if there was fucking, like, dishes left, like, I wouldn't have touched them, like, most of the time was whenever we first moved in. And then... uh whenever you did start leaving the lists like good lists um i was getting it done yeah but even like those small like lists like just show like your like good experience of like organizing and stuff like that there so it was good whenever like you organized a whole trip to come out here well yeah it was to a certain extent i mean that's what i was just about to go into when i was back living in belfast and i was making these lists there were lists that 
were not, you know, going to be, you know, something wasn't going to go wrong with them because yeah. they were little things. But when you travel, those little things can get into bigger things. Mm-hmm. So I, I realized, you know, having that plan in place, which we did, we had, what, two or three months of our well, trip planned in we advance. we went to, for your 21st, we went to Ibiza. Yeah. And then whenever we came back from Ibiza, we were like, right, we've got seven months to save for Australia. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, months. going back to when we actually had the initial thoughts of wanting to come to Australia, I think it was just due to, we went on that trip to Florida. Yeah, 2016. Um, that was in 2016, and we just had such a fantastic time. Amazing. And, like, we, we came back to Belfast and just went straight back into the routine of going back to work. And then on weekends, like, in... Like, not to say there's not anything to do, but we were just doing the same tasks yeah. and activities. So we were like working, going the box, sell the vino, going that was to it. the cinema, and like cinema. that was the only things that we were doing. Yeah. And looking back on it, we were actually having arguments because we didn't know what to do with each other. Yeah. Like we were bored, and then we were like, "You think of something? No, you think of something." I know. And we couldn't think just of something, so we and, like, ended we up. We had a we car just... as well, so like we were traveling about. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We did go for drives, but there's only so many places that you can drive to, and top of Davis Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, it's like, okay, what's next? So I feel like when we came back from Florida, it's good that we both had that like urge to see more and do more, and like we just got <clears> fed up with doing that same routine. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, like I was working in a, I was working two jobs at that stage. Like I was working seven days a week. So I had no guaranteed days off, yeah, that was crazy. which was my own decision because I was saving to learn how to drive because it was something that I'd put off for so long. And I knew coming to travel, I was like, that's something that I need yeah. the rest of my life. And I had the thought of, I don't know if I'm going to be coming back here because I wanted to leave for good. Like I knew in my head. I need to have everything in place mm-hmm. if that's going to happen. And that that's why I worked seven days a week, but it wasn't easy. And whenever we weren't really seeing each other, it was difficult. But we had to do those things to understand that's what we had to do to save money, to yeah. get by. Because obviously, renting in Belfast was expensive. Um, All those little things like added up. And then, um, why do you keep looking at my head? <laughs> I'm just listening to you. What the fuck? Um, yeah, so like, Save Why are you looking at my head? Because <laughs> I got two fucking spots. Were too close to each other? Size of fucking Kilimanjaro. So, so like going back to topic, like saving for all those things and like paying rent and um things like that, it all adds up. So like you think you're saving money, but then you have your rent that comes out. So it's like a big chunk. So like we had to do those additional things to realize this is what we got to do to save money. And yes, it's temporary. But in that moment, it was difficult. Yeah. Um, so when we were like in the instance of doing those things to save more money and have that plan in place, we were like, maybe it is beginning to be more realistic. Maybe mm-hmm. we could go to Australia. And Australia was a place at that time where we seen people we knew of that were yeah. going and we were like, oh, well, it looks like they're having a really good time. You know, it's something that we might like. Yeah. Um, so I remember when we came back from Florida, we just kept on thinking like, what could we do? Like, where could we go? And like... We went to a beef for them for my twenty first birthday, which was only seven months before we came out here. Mm-hmm. And after a beef, I think we just took that risk and we yeah, thought of it one day. It and we like, were like, "Shall we just do it?" Yeah, because we were just in the same routine. Like I had a really good job, and so did you. Like, yeah, we were both managers in our jobs, mm-hmm. and like shout out to Natalie Clark Residential in Belfast. And 
Yeah, it was class. Like, I really loved it. Like, I was sort of like my own boss. Got to do what I wanted. I was, like, 30% in the office and 70% in the car driving about Belfast and, like, our greater Belfast. Yeah. And really enjoyed it. But, and I know you enjoyed your job as well um, at the academy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we just sort of knew that, like, there was no future in Belfast. It wasn't... Well, yeah, we just felt like there may be... A future for someone else within those roles which is fantastic but for mm. me and you we just kept thinking bigger dreams there's yeah there's yeah. something else that yeah, is withholding us back here and we want to chase after that and find out what yeah. what it is and like i felt like we were kind of like confused at that part of our lives as well because we went through so many different transitions yeah and we got to the point of just being confused like what do we want what do we not want and we yeah. didn't really know what we wanted and yeah, we were living in Belfast, but we weren't happy with living there. No. It was a decision that we had to make at that time. Yeah. So we lived there for four years and didn't even see those four years. And when we got to that stage, we were like so unhappy that we didn't even want to be there anymore. So yeah. it was good that we realized that rather than just persevering, thinking that things were going to get better. Imagine, because like I got you knocked up and we had a kid back there. That's what I mean. Like so well, many things could have happened. On a house. Well, yeah, you, like no one's going to know what could have happened, but there's so many things that could have happened. So, um, and it's not that you you can look back and like regret anything. Like I don't regret anything that we've done because obviously you learn from those things. But yeah. it's just that when you know that you're not happy, it's only you that can make that decision to change the situation. Yeah. So, you know, like we had very challenging conversations and realized that our relationship wasn't very happy. No. Our living situation wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. We were working constantly. We weren't doing anything that had made us a good lifestyle. I know. Like didn't even read. We didn't do anything that we're doing now, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> like whenever I think about our routines at the moment, like I don't think there's a like an hour in a day that like we're not like doing something. Well, like obviously <laughs> I can play Xbox, but like um like if that's very rare though like that i can sit down and just chill like during the week like obviously weekends like friday saturday and sunday i can uh, chill and do as much as i want but like monday the sort of thursday or friday like half day it's fucking just go 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 yeah that's it was it. actually so funny remember um, whenever we lived with one of our housemates in sydney uh, oscar he said to us he was like <laughs> you don't waste an hour today because <laughs> we were never in the we were never in the house yeah, we know. were just always out of the house doing things but like I feel like when you're busy, like obviously there's a certain part of being busy that then becomes dangerous because maybe it affects your sleep or it affects your body physically because you feel so exhausted and it can become draining. It can reach the point of maybe, you know, reaching depression because you are so exhausted. Yeah. But it's about learning how to manage it. And I feel like personally for me, when I'm busy, my mind is happy because it's being preoccupied, it's being creative, it's doing different things, it's being used Whereas if I'm just sitting there waiting for something to happen, I'm thinking about everything. And that's, and that's what where you your mind doing. goes into overdrive. That's what you were doing and in I, Belfast. Yeah, like I admit, Every single night. when I was back living in Belfast, like I definitely went through <laughs> Undiagnosed many, depression. many stages of depression, yeah, which is scary because if I felt that, obviously you felt that mm-hmm. as well because we, we both identified that we weren't happy yeah. and our relationship wasn't really happy either no. it was just and like we were just with each other because we were with each other that's we were living it with each other. and like it wasn't really until we made the decision 
to kind of leave, book the flights and do everything and prepare to leave, mm. it still didn't really seem real. And no. it wasn't until I stepped foot onto that plane. Yeah. And it felt like I just had like a new... Well, like, it took you a couple of steps to step on the plane because you were fucking blocked whenever you bought the <laughs> executive suite in Dublin. So we I was just about to say that. We so funny. Emma surprised me and she booked the... Um, the executive suite in Dublin airport and but before that we went to one of the bars as you do at an airport like at fucking 10 a.m in the morning you go and get your uh like burger or whatever and then you get your drink yeah and we got that you got a pizza I think and I got a burger and then I don't know what anyone else usually orders but because I knew right I don't know when the next day is I'm gonna be stepping foot into yeah. a job like this is like high life like, <laughs> I am unemployed right now and yeah. I've got so much money in my bank I know. which never usually happens then, when, I went we... straight to the bar and I was ordering I vodka and orange <laughs> and then I remember I came back because it was the executive suite there was no like I don't know what it's like now but then there was no restriction on how many drinks no. you got or food it so was she great ordered me or yeah she handed me like four glasses of this vodka and and Fanta orange and I thought oh my god like everyone's gonna think I'm crazy and I sat down and I downed two of them quickly because obviously you only have a limited time before you have to board yeah and you just looked at me and you were like Emma your eyes like what are you doing I, t- I actually took a video of you it was uh, do you know it was whenever Instagram came out with the super zoom and like yes, that's right. I was like going into you with the party mode one yeah. and like you were like eyes are all over the place it's fucking brilliant yeah I was so but it was it wasn't that dear it was only like 50 euro wasn't it yeah, per like person anyone or something? that's listening that has not done the executive suite in any Definitely airport I definitely recommend yeah, doing it. Right. It's just so relaxing, especially before boarding, because like it's good to have those little treats beforehand. Like you have the food, you can have like a quiet area, mm. and then you've got the drinks and things like that. It's good to just kind of chill and zone yeah. out before, like especially if it's a long distance flight as well. It's really good. Well, we, um, whenever we were getting ready to come to Australia, there was so much shit that we had to get rid of. Like, our whole oh lives we had to get rid of. So, like, it wasn't until, like, five days before we left, I finally got the car sold. Because it was, like, I had it up for two months and no one was going yeah. for it. And I kept on lowering the price and lowering the price. And I was just like, holy fuck, I just want to get rid of it now. Well, that's the thing. And Took you, a big only, hit. you only bought the car not long before for we were free, coming out. For free grand, wasn't it? Yeah. And then I, I only sold it for, like, a grand. Fuck. So, it was a big loss, like. Well, I remember when you bought it and... It was maybe only a year before we yeah. came out, so it wasn't that long. No. And for you to pay that amount of money for it, and then only get like the amount that you did Got get for it, back for it. Yeah, it was. It's it very disheartening, but that's the thing. You kind of just have to let go of things like that, and know yeah. that bigger and better things are going to happen. Exactly. And it's something that you can't control as well. Like. Yeah. Five days leading up to us leaving, we were panicking, rushing uh-huh. around, trying to get things done last minute, and then you still have a big, massive responsibility yeah. sitting outside your front door. It's uh-huh. like, I just wanted to go away and leave me uh-huh. alone now. But it was good that we had the car, because um, we were doing everything to get rid of everything, so I like know. we were doing the car boot sales, like we'd done like free car oh boot sales, and like we were standing outside in the pissing down rain at six o'clock in the morning, I remember. and there was just like, there was gypsies and flipping travellers, and all these different like people just come running up to us grabbing all our shit and like probably stole stuff we well, didn't even know because there's so much shit going on i remember a situation clear as day and i know that i was not fooled but i didn't feel comfortable enough to speak out because this person literally could have attacked me <laughs> so it was like six o'clock in the morning and do you remember pulling up on the car in the car park and it was just so pitch black and like you, you paid for your car parking space and what happened was 
the guy just directed you to where you parked. Yeah. And then you parked up and what happened was you literally just had to jump out of the car, open the boot. But yeah. as soon as you jumped out of the car, there was just people. Like, it was like hovering. the walking dead. There they were all people, over you. Yeah, there was just people like hovering around the boot. And what happened was <laughs> you were trying to get a bit of light to see what was actually in your boot to where to put it to yeah, get it onto the ground. It was dark. And I remember I was getting things out and, you know, people come and they start haggling and all, which is, which is great. Yeah. Just take my shit, like go, that's it. Yeah. But I remember there was this one specific woman and she tried to film me and, she, you know, like I had so many expensive things that I was letting go of, which yeah. was really disheartening for me because I was like a big lover of my clothes yeah. and like buying things. But then realizing I'm never going to, well, I came to Australia with the impression of I'm never going to wear jeans. I'm never going to wear hoodies because yeah. I thought it was like warm all year round. I kid you not, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I was getting rid of all my jeans because obviously jeans and hoodies and things like that, it takes up extra weight in yeah. your luggage. So I was it's like very coming lovely. very, very limited. Still came with two or three bags. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remember all my jeans were like laid out on the ground and this woman came over and she lifted two or three pairs and she was like you know how much will you take for for all of these and i was like give her a price and i was like look i'm looking to get rid of them but i'm not willing to go too low because they were very expensive like some of them were like guest jeans and things like that mm. and um she was like oh, i'll just take the one pair then but i turned my back to kind of try and because it was very difficult to maneuver whilst watching everyone because you had to turn your back to kind of get into the book well, to try and find the money it was because there was so many people grabbing different things at different angles yeah. and like you obviously were talking to one person but this other person was grabbing stuff of yours it. and like i know for a fact well i don't know for a fact but i'm speculating at like a hundred percent that definitely people were fucking stealing shit well yeah going back to that topic i remember when i turned around then there was one other pair of jeans missing no well, there you go and i couldn't go around the car park chasing after this one, but I just thought, <laughs> really? Like, really? Oh, it's so trampy. And I just thought, this is so frustrating. Like, <clears throat> people aren't being honest and they're just going to take things, but then you have to expect that. Like, it was in the middle of West Belfast as well. Uh -oh. So it was really, like, scary, and you could tell that there was loads of dodgy people around as well. Yeah. So that's the kind of situations that we were in to try and get rid of our things, and that uh -huh. wasn't just once. Like, we were doing that three or four times yep. within a month to try and get rid of it as much as possible. Yeah. And even when we did do it, it was there was still like so much stuff. It was like, I know. do I honestly have this much stuff? We just in my ended house? up taking shit to the, the skip. skip. Yeah, we, we just did. Hit the we done three or four runs to the skip as well. And like, when you live in a house for four years, you don't understand how much, how much stuff shit you, you can fucking, maintain. I know. It's crazy. Like, but we did get loads of stuff sold, like yeah, on country, did. like the mattresses, beds, yeah, and flipping bookcases and TVs. And I remember the guy that lived like around the block from us, and he came and. <laughs> <laughs> he came and took our mattress and walked around the street oh, carrying yeah, it. Oh yeah, I know, just the one guy and put oh, it on dude. top of his shoulder. Because we thought, <laughs> we sold it the week before we were going and then we were like, oh, what are we going to lie on for the next week? We but we thought, oh my goodness, like we need to just get rid of all the big things because like yeah. that that's the things you want to get rid of the most. So we got rid of the mattress, got rid of like the sofa and then we had nothing to sit on and no. we had nothing to lie on nothing. and we bought that blow up mattress and it lasted four or five hours in the night. And next thing you knew, you woke up and you were lying on the ground. I was like, why is my arse hard? And then I like looked down. Next thing, like there was just like 
me in the middle of the fucking bed and like you were like lying up on the other side obviously because I weigh more so it was like you were just like lying up in the air and I was like what's she doing up there and then I I got up and then obviously whenever you're trying to maneuver your way for your fucking blow up like bed like I was like sinking in different places and all and then I was just like what the fuck is going on and then looked at the side and there was a fucking hole yeah I know like it was awful and And that was for a week that was an ongoing week of just in the middle of night waking up and like my back was aching like it was horrible but like that's the kind of situations that we went through leading up to like it was so funny but stressful at the same time like you could have a laugh but then at the same time it was like oh my goodness what are we actually doing like are we doing the right thing or are we not like we just didn't know and like the thing is as well we we didn't know anyone that had went through what we were about to do so we were just kind of like going with our gut feeling thinking this has got to be it this has got to be right i feel like uh, whenever we planned it so we had seven months and we saved obviously those seven months mm-hmm. and we had heard online that you need three grand to come in Australia, like three grand dollars each in your bank account. Yeah. So we had that, but I still don't think it was enough. We should have more, but anyway. Um, yeah, but we did have enough to start out. But I mean, at the beginning, we thought, when we read that online, we thought, oh my goodness, we're going to be getting checked at border control and we're exactly. going to be asked if we have this. And we had like, I remember I was so prepared. I had like bank statements to show that we had the I money. Know. I had like the proof that we had lived in a house in Belfast, just in case just we make got it asked. Sound better, yeah. Well, no, just in case we got asked here, have you ever lived? Oh yeah, like, we were in going a house. For a place. Yeah. So kind of like references and things like that, and we never got asked any of that. And I, I had all this like all these documents, and I was like, "Is no one going to ask me?" Like, I know. But I was honestly expecting to get stopped as soon as you enter Australia and them to question if you have enough money to enter the country. Like, yeah. that's, you know, you should never go by what you read online. That's no, what I've definitely learned. not. Because it made me panic. And then I thought, well, I have to go by exactly what it's saying here online just in case we do get stopped and get checked. But I, know. I just recommend bringing what you think is best. Yeah. And bringing enough to get a, an apartment. Um, bringing enough to be prepared if you don't get a job straight away because you definitely don't like no. i was unemployed for the first three months in australia and if you do you're very lucky well yeah it just depends but you can get everyone, a trades job everyone is you know in, a, in a, their own individual way so it's going to yeah. depend on your experience but also depend on what your trade is as well but yeah. everyone is not guaranteed to get a job straight away That's well what think I with guys dude like they can obviously get like joiners jobs like straight away like laborers and stuff like that there like, yeah there's a lot of it's very easy roles. for that but like for but for girls, I just I find like the whole time we were over here for girls, it was so hard even to get in construction roles, like for like doing uh, trafficking and stuff like that there. But like, yeah. it's obviously they don't want like laborers don't want girls working for them because they obviously think that men are stronger. And well, yeah, it depends what you're doing again. I know there is a lot of Irish girls that do traffic control, yeah. which would be a really tough job. I don't think I could personally do it myself. So fair play to anyone who do like any labour and role, especially in the weather because it's so up and down and yeah. swaps and changes. Um, but I know the traffic control is really, really good money. Yeah. Um, but then you have to be guaranteed to work in all the weather conditions and things like that. You have to do night shift and stuff like that. But even at that, to get into the traffic control, and I've heard that it is still difficult. Like mm-hmm. you have to get different construction cards you have to do different forms of training and it is all expensive you also have to pay for um is it the white card blue card yeah there's different double cards you have to get you have to pay for the whole like gear as well like your hat your shoes like everything like that you have to pay for so it's all expensive 
So that's why it's important to understand that you don't just come out here and no. land into the country and get offered a because job. That's, we thought we thought whenever because we were looking at people on Instagram, like we were like, oh, they've only been up there a couple of weeks and they've got a job show away. Like this yeah. is amazing, and like they're living in like a lovely place and stuff like that. And then whenever we came out here, it was just totally different. So we'll talk about that now. So well, yeah, I think as well. Whenever you, it's not so much comparing yourself to people online. I think when you meet people and you hear their experience. You then are like given a little bit of hope and like, oh, well, yeah. if they got a job within a week, surely I can do that. Exactly. Or you think, oh, well, I'm qualified enough to do this job. So, yeah, I should get a job straight away. And then you go, you know, what I've learned as well is it doesn't matter if you have a uni degree or you have no education. It doesn't matter. No one questions that. Yeah. And you can come out here with a master's and you can still struggle to get a job. Uh-huh. It really doesn't matter what education you have. So well, don't it's like one of our friends yeah well got yeah. a master's degree in law and he it's not recognized there that's what i mean so it just depends but don't expect that because you have like qualifications and education that you're going to get a job straight away because it, it it does it it's just potluck i think anyway i feel like here it's more experience based i think so as well and as soon as you get your foot into one australian company it goes in favor because You've got that on your resume. Yeah. Whereas when you don't have any experience, they're kind of iffy about training you and, you know, they're really iffy about all those things. Yeah. So I really struggled whenever I was going for interviews at the beginning. They were like, oh, um, what's your experience? And, you know, I was given my experience, but they were like, oh, that's quite different here. You know, you would still need training for that role, even though I maybe had three or four years experience within doing those things. Yeah. They're still like, oh, yeah, you still need training for that. So it was like, oh, we've got someone in the interview that actually has more experience, so we're going to take them on instead of you. So obviously the people that have more experience or already have had roles in Australia are going to get the job before you do. Mm -hmm. So I find that very difficult, and it is just down to knowing what to put in your resume as well because how we laid our resume out back home in Belfast is totally different to how they do the resume here. Yeah. Like we noticed that they were putting like photographs and stuff like on the resume as well. And we were like, this is a bit strange, but I, know. I mean, it all makes sense because maybe they want to know what you look like first and pass judgment. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, if I was hiring someone, I would want to know what they look like. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't want some ugly fucking cunt coming in with knowledge. <laughs> keep up the keep up the brand image nah um so yeah whenever we came out here well first off we went to singapore which we loved it was probably one of the best places that we ever visited then we went to thailand Mm -hmm. and then we came to australia and when we came to australia we went to sydney first no yeah, we came. To yeah, Sydney we came to Sydney first. Sorry, yeah. Flew from Thailand to Sydney. Thailand to Sydney. We but were here we for. We came to Sydney for a week. Yeah, for a week. It was really good. Really enjoyed it because we done like all touristy things like Harbour Bridge, uh, the Opera House, and then we went out and. Yeah, well, we Blue treated Mountains. Sydney as a holiday. Yeah, it was definitely a holiday. What happened was we were so we reached out to people that we knew were here but weren't our friends, mm-hmm. and we said that we're coming out. You know. And they said, oh, Sydney's really expensive. Like, I wouldn't be staying in Sydney. Yeah. So we thought, Heard well, we'll only time. stay a week in Sydney then because if it is really expensive, we'll make the most of it by doing all those activities, like going to the Blue Mountains, like going around Darling Harbour, like all the places that are quite pricey. We'll do all that in that week. Kind of like a treat. Yeah. So we'd done that. And then we loved Sydney. And we were like, we, we didn't really look into living in no. Sydney because 
we were taking on board what other people had said, which I really wouldn't suggest. So, sorry, we should have given a bit of context. So, before we came to Australia, we decided that we were going to live in Brisbane. Why the fuck did we decide well, that? Well, don't, don't accuse me because I made the plan. I know. But, like, because we were going off what other people said, they were saying Sydney's too expensive. It's like London. And then we were like, okay, we'll try Brisbane. And then when we went to Brisbane, we basically done everything in like two nights and we were like this place is boring <laughs> well yeah we so after the week in sydney we just loved it and like there yeah. was so much to see and do and i feel like with sydney you can never get bored or run out of things to do nope there's um, always something there's always new restaurants there's always something happening it's just such a buzz and like sydney is massive like you're never gonna know everything within sydney either yeah. um it's just beautiful um the the lifestyle, like you're close to the beaches, you've got so many options, there's so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. There is more jobs as well. Now I look at back a ton on of it. Jobs. But then when we left Sydney after that week to go to Brisbane, we were going to Brisbane with intentions of settling down. So we were like, right, we've had our holiday in Singapore, we've had our holiday in Thailand, we've had our holiday in um Sydney. Yeah. So now it's time to find an apartment and jobs. And we started trying to find jobs and we just realized that the market was just it was it was whenever we went to brisbane so we done we done the first week in the hostel and that was the first time we'd ever been first time we experienced a hostel and the hostel was fucking horrible so they had a bar in the hostel and me and them right next door to our bedroom right next to our bedroom and obviously like we don't mind having like going out and having a drink but like these people were doing it every single night and it was just horrible because i was working in the morning six o'clock going to do a shitty fucking removalist well, job yeah, you got a job in how many days you didn't mention that oh yeah so like whenever you, the hostels are actually pretty good for finding work for guys like girls it takes a bit longer and they'll, they'll get like cleaning jobs and shit like that there which is fucking i know it's like backbreaking like work um but like well so go, with the jobs that you were doing i know but I, i'm just saying that like the girls jobs like i'm not trying to say that like it is unfair to girls, I believe, whenever you do come out here, because there were so many girls that were left with no jobs, and like you didn't even get a job at the first hostel we went to. It was just I me because it was a guy. First three months. First three months. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was getting up like at six o'clock in the morning, sometimes like five, and then there was uh, just people like partying until like three o'clock in the morning, and I only had like fucking two hours sleep, and I was just like, yeah. "What the fuck? Does shit? I have to actually work on two hours sleep of just going and lifting shit out of people's like offices, and then taking it across." one side of Brisbane to the other side of Brisbane for been unloading it and packing it all up again. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in Brisbane, me and Emma had this fun idea of uh, going and renting the place in Brisbane too. And Jesus Christ, we went to some places that were horrible. We actually went to one place and it was so bad. It was like a ghetto. And we went in and <laughs> there was like a smashed glass like window in the background. But like the estate agent was taking us through. And obviously because I was a estate agent before, like I was like picking out all the things that were wrong with it. And like as soon as I walked in, it was like there was just a hundred things wrong. And it just looked so grim. Like it looked like a scene like from like, I don't even know. Like it, it was just dark and grey. And like yeah. whenever the real estate agent came in and says, well, what do you guys think? And I was like, it's a bit grim, isn't it? <laughs> Just straight up, I was just like, yeah, it's a bit grim. And she's like, oh, yeah, I could do with a bit of paint. And I was just like, what? Let's get the fuck out of well, here. yeah, the thing is as well, <laughs> it was a bit of a distance outside of the city. But yeah. it was because it was out of the city. It made a bit cheaper. So we were like thinking, oh, that would be a good idea. But then when we put the travel into perspective and we were so far away from the city, 
so far away from any beaches we were like this is not really why we came no. here this is not why we moved to australia no. so like you said about brisbane it was so small we realized we realized <coughs> as well that we weren't gonna find you know you were you were doing the removalist job through the hostel because mm-hmm. it was a working hostel they were able to give guys work but not girls so you know like i was asking every single day you know is there any chance that i'm gonna get a job and she was like no, like the waiting list is so long. Like mm-hmm. the, there's only two cleaners needed at a time. So it takes for those cleaners to leave for you to get a job. And if those cleaners are there on a long period, you know, you've not really got any chance. So I was just like not making money. And like, because I was used to working seven days a week to not make money, it was like getting to the point where I was like, I want to get my routine back and want to work. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't going to be getting that for a while. So no. we had to make a decision on what we were going to do. And you were just doing the removalist job to make money to mm-hmm. keep maintaining our savings because our savings was obviously going down. Yeah. Um, and the rent, like, see the hostel rent as well. It's quite expensive. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's like expensive. Two hundred and fifty bucks, and like, if like that was like me and, bucks for what? For like a week, like in the in the hostel. So like, yeah. say like me and you, like, put our money together, it'll be five hundred bucks. Like for like an extra 50 bucks we could rent out like our own apartment somewhere do you know what i mean and like yeah. we were paying at the fucking hostel and the hostel is horrible like the kitchen you're sharing with 20 other people at peak time so like peak time was like obviously in the mornings like just before nine and then at night time it was like at five o'clock and like there's only like a certain amount of fridges so like everyone has just got everything in bags with their name on it just fucked in their fridge and let me tell you whenever you're traveling there's smelly bastards so there's some people who didn't even cover their food and it was just lying all about the place there was like out of date milk that went hard and all like in the fridges and like not only that people also steal your things out of your bag even if you put a label on it yeah people still steal your stuff and it's actually heartbreaking because you're surviving on a minimum amount of money yeah you go buy this food you know, we meal prepped so that mm. we have that food ready so yeah. that we didn't have to cook in the kitchen because we knew we had to do something to kind of solve that for yeah. our own selves because we didn't like dealing with the mess in the kitchen. Do you know so what was really annoying in the in kitchen? Advance. The oven. There was no oven. Well, yeah, there's it was no just oven. all hob. But yeah, there's a hostel. You have to expect that. But you are then guaranteed that people are going to take your stuff, yeah. which is horrible because you... I went to the effort of cooking and making that and because yeah. it's an easy way out for someone else that they don't exactly. have to do it, they'll just take yours. And we're all in the same boat. I know. So why would you go and like fuck off like your like friendly neighbour, do you know what I mean? Like well, it's not good. People aren't very nice and I think in hostels as well, it's very, very clicky. So mm. if you know, people don't know you and they aren't gonna see you They're well, not gonna respect why you. Why they hold them back? They're yeah, just exactly. gonna do it, you know what I mean? It's and, very everyone for themselves. Well, yeah, and I think people are very lazy as well, like mainly people that are traveling and experiencing the life of not being around their parents and having that independence, they become very lazy Yeah. and they want to just go for the easy route of maybe taking other people's food so they don't have to go and shop for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, we met some people that didn't even have $10 in their bank account and they were like, trying to take other people's food or like asking for like some food Handouts. and it was like you you know i understand that life can get that tough but you've let yourself get to that into point. that situation do you yeah. know what i mean so you can't let it affect other people everyone's in the same situation and they're trying to help one another but if people are just trying to to use and abuse you it's not nice and it's not pleasant because there's only so much you can do to help yourself never mind other people that are in that situation as well well 
whenever that was the first hustle that we were in in Brisbane and then because we had our savings and we thought we were going to use our savings to go and buy or go and rent out an apartment and put a bond down we're like fuck this do you know what we're just going to go ahead and we're going to um go and do the farm work and just get it over done with because we originally planned we were going to wait a year and uh, do the farm work after the year yeah and then whenever we were like fuck it we'll go do it we had all those savings so what did we go do we went mm-hmm. and splurged it in Gold Coast. We yeah, went and well, bought so much shit. Went on a big shopping spree, and it was a good idea at the time. But then, obviously, we rented out the car. Went up to Bundaberg after being promised that well, we yeah, were going to get taking it back a bit. We went to Bundaberg because we knew people there. Yeah. And we were like, oh, you know, we seen people that were doing farm work, and Bundaberg is in Queensland so it's quite a popular area to find like fruit picking jobs and vegetable picking and things like that or even factory jobs mm-hmm. so we knew when we looked online we were like oh wow you know like we, we should get jobs there so before we went we didn't go until we knew we were guaranteed to get jobs you know I was in contact with the hostel because it was a working hostel and I said to them is there any chance that there's room for a couple mm-hmm. and is there any jobs and they were like yeah there's actually loads of jobs at the minute and they sent this big email and it was like if you arrive by the end of the week you'll start on Monday and things like this and this was like Monday or Tuesday for us so they were getting us to arrive within three or four days so we yeah. had to think fast hire the car travel up to Brisbane so from or sorry from Brisbane to Bundaberg it was what like a nine hour drive yeah um so it was a long drive but that's why we stopped in Gold Coast to kind of relax and no well Gold Coast is down south so we went to Gold Coast the night before. That's what I mean. So we stopped to have like a break to to drive because we wanted to see more of that area as well. All right, yeah. Because yeah. we went to, we went to Gold Coast and then we went to like where else the. Well, no, because what we done first. So obviously, Gold Coast is like half an hour south of Brisbane. So the day before we left to go up to Bundaberg, we were in Gold Coast. Then we came back to Brisbane, slept. And then we left Brisbane and we went to like the likes of like Nusa and stuff like that there. Yeah. And then that's whenever we went on up to Bundaberg. Um, I don't know if it was nine hours though, but it was quite a long drive. I remember my legs were fucking killing me. And like, you obviously didn't feel comfortable driving because... I had only passed my test. Yeah, yeah. And plus those roads out in the countryside, like on the highway, like the truckers are fucking crazy. Remember the truckers were like doing like 150 miles per hour like yeah. right next to us and we were like jesus this is fucking scary like but, but yeah like we we knew beforehand that we were going because the hostel had told us that there was work available and there was also going to be a couple's room because mm-hmm. obviously we didn't want to stay in a dorm because for a couple it's just so inappropriate and it's it's not what you want no you need to have your own privacy so we went with the intentions of getting a couple's room and being able to start work pretty quickly. So that's why we were like, oh, well, you know, if we're going to Gold Coast or we're going to, like, the shops that we can maybe treat ourselves a little bit because we were expecting to have the savings coming back again to start work. Yeah. So when we were driving up to Bundaberg, we were kind of racing, trying to beat the traffic as well, you know, like, within the speed limit and maintaining it to be a safe drive still. But we knew that we had to get there before the office closed. Because remember, she said that we had to come and meet her to get like our starter pack and like yeah before seven or yeah. Something. So we arrived literally at like six thirty. Yeah, it was like thirty minutes beforehand, and just as soon as we arrived, like looking from the outside at the hostel, I was just like, oh my goodness! It was literally like 
those uh, mobile sheds yeah. that like builders use, like whenever they're on site somewhere. That's what it was. It was it like was five horrific. or ten of them. Absolutely horrific. I was like, what are we doing? It, Auschwitz looked fucking better. It was horrible. And like, we went in, like we just built up the courage. We were like, right, we need to hurry up and go in and like talk to the woman. So yeah. we talked to like the manager of the hostel and um, things like that. And she was like, I have no idea. There, there's no couple room available. We were like, what? Like, can, we've got an email. Can I just say something? It was so funny because, like, everyone was so trampy on the farm when we just rocked up in this big, massive four by four car. <laughs> and, like, shopping bags were like, hello, bitches. And then we were fucked the next couple of days. <laughs> well, not necessarily that, but we we arrived expecting it to be a wee bit more glamorous than what we expected. Jesus Christ. Um, honestly. When we arrived, like, we, we knew we had to sign in and things like that. So, Went and spoke to the receptionist and she was like, I have no idea like why you were told that you were going to get a couple room. Like there's no, there's no such couple room available and there won't be for a while. Like all I can do is put you on a waiting list. And I was like, so where are we going to be? And she was like, oh yeah, there's a room with like three or four other guys that we can put you in. It's a bunk bed. And I was just like, so what, I'm the only girl in that room with three other strange guys and I'm not even right next to you. Like I'm above you in the bunk bed. So I just like... You got back in the car and you just broke down crying. I just started crying. I was like, what are we going to do? It didn't hit me yet. But like, I was like really annoyed. But like, you were in hysterics. Yeah, I was just like, we can't have just traveled all this way to be told that. And then of course, whenever we went into the hostel where we were staying. So just taking a step back, we then understood we we need to just do it. Like, just yeah. go in, get the keys, get sorted. Just get over so and So the guy then introduced us to the room. He was like, yeah, come on, I'll like show you around the hostel, blah, blah, blah. Um, so there's no talk of work yet because we're just on the room part, like moving through, understand where we're going to be living. Mm-hmm. So he was showing us the kitchen, showing us where you hang out, the living area, and then took us to the bedroom. And the door just opened and it stunk. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> and then someone walked past and said it was like a movie they literally turned around and goes oh you're in the room where the dead mouse was found because we like, like that's it's so childish like in hostels like it's literally like being back at primary school and like everyone talks about the stupid shit but like apparently like this mouse was dead and it, we just walked in and it was just fucking horrible it actually looked like a prison cell i know it was horrible and like i remember there there was bed bugs and I got bit. And, like, I never knew what bed bugs were. Like, I never knew. Yeah, you thought it was just that saying? Like, I know. Like, the bed bugs bite? Yeah. You were like, fuck, are these actually real? I was like, these <laughs> are real. Like, oh my goodness. And yeah. I remember there was just, like, blood stains on the wall. Like, and snotters oh, and all. It was just horrible. It's worse than dirty protests. Like, I, I just, I can't believe that we actually stepped foot into that bedroom and were expected to sleep there. It was that bad. And leave our belongings in there. I like, know. me and Emma, like, are flashy shit. But, like, it's not even flashy. It's just, like, Nike and stuff like that. And, like, Abercrombie. Whereas, like, these people, like, these backpackers were just, like... Like, I'm not even joking. They were wearing, like, rags. It was fucking disgusting. And, like, I actually didn't feel safe, like, leaving my nice shoes or anything, like, lying about. There was no locks or anything. Well, there was no, no it wasn't, lockers. Like, it wasn't private. Wasn't so you couldn't, like, maintain your belongings in your bedroom. Yeah. And lock the door behind Live, you. Yeah. Anyone could walk into your bedroom. But we were living so, with three other fucking guys. And yeah. there were smell bags. Well, that's the thing, and as soon as we walked in, we we just seen things that we weren't familiar with, and yeah. like it gave me quite a shock because I was like, "Am I expect like for for a girl? It's quite disheartening because you, you know, 
you have to sleep around people that you don't know and you have to be in that environment and it's just I just felt very strange like it was just not what I expected at all and obviously with the preparation of I'm going to be going into a couple room I had expectations of you know having privacy getting changed and things like that like I had to sleep in my clothes fully clothed and not be able to to get changed and things like that it was just like so like all those little things that I'm just not used to it was just so strange and like the the window was open and like if you wanted to shut the window like it was just like everyone else was gonna have a go at you for shutting this window yeah and like there was just no privacy in the bed like nothing like you just anything you done there was just like eyes like looking at you like it was just so scary so like yeah yeah, it was just like well, such a strange experience. After we got the sort of shock, we were like, "Well, everything's gonna be fine. We're gonna." We we made friends with like a couple. Um, at the start, whenever we moved in, they were from Ireland as well, so that sort of like made things a bit better. Um, but then we just really wanted to get stuck into the work and yeah. So we started time, like questioning them, didn't we? Yeah, so we were asking them like about the work and all, and they said they were doing full time and all, and like. They said there's a list, so obviously we were new, so we were at the bottom of the list. So we sort of knew we were going to get shit jobs, but we didn't expect it to be this bad. So basically, we looked at the list. We weren't even on the list for the first two days, and like me and I were like, we need to start working. We need we need to work. And then the next thing, like as the two days were going on, we start seeing like people like in the hostel just like sitting there, and we were like, why is there people sitting here? Like why are they not work? And then. There was people that were coming back and like we were hearing the stories from like these randomers like saying, I can't believe I only made 50 bucks today. I mean, you're like, what the fuck is going on? So like we started like questioning people and it was just horrible to find out the way they were getting treated. So I know you noticed I'm, I'm talking like in third person, like for people who are listening. Yeah. But um, so there was people who were working eight hour shifts in really really hot sunny weather in australia and bundaberg would have been like 30 35 degree heat and they were picking cherry tomatoes which is the one of the worst things that you can do um on the farm but they were going to a farm and the farm the farmer was like miss trunchbull basically and she was not a nice person and she made all her regular workers go through the fields get all the good ripe fruit and then she would just let the backpackers go through afterwards and pick up all the scraps. And you obviously have like peace rate here or hourly rate. Mm-hmm. The peace rate is shit because you obviously have to work a lot for your money. Um, well, you still have to for hourly rate, you, but for you still peace do as well, rate. But for peace rate, you have to fill like worse. 10, 12 buckets to yeah. kind of get an average. And if you imagine that, if you're picking like fucking like strawberries or cherry tomatoes that's that's going to be a fucking lot yeah so anyway they were doing like eight hour shifts and they would have been coming back saying like 20 dollars they would have been like i made 25 dollars today i'd be like i wouldn't even get out of my fucking bed for that i wouldn't even scratch my arse for that that is ridiculous like it really is and i remember we were speaking to one of our um friends at the time and he said that he had to do it a couple of days and he had enough because the farmer spoke to his girlfriend like shit and he picked up one of the cherry tomatoes and dinged her on the head (laughs) I I just like learned that people weren't getting what they expected as well. So it seemed like that email that we got prior to going to Bundaberg expecting to get work, we realized that was happening to other people as yeah. well. And there was other people sitting around, like you said, and they weren't at work. We were like, 
you know you know what's happening with your situation they were like oh yeah we got an email saying we're starting work in a few days but we've been here two weeks and we still haven't got jobs and we were yeah. like oh we got told we're starting on monday i wonder are we and then the more we realized there's a waiting list and we kept asking the receptionist every day and they just kept palming us off with oh yeah we'll we'll let you know when you move up the list we were on the bottom of that list for like a full week and it wasn't until like a couple of days i was like nathan the more stories i hear i don't think this is going to change like i think we're in a real tricky situation right now and there was something in my gut that was just telling me and like i felt sick like i the more people i heard some people were saying they were in like major debt credit card debt they got credit cards like and you were sorry and you were talking about that there um people were like asking people to borrow food before in the hostel we were in but it was 10 times worse in bundaberg people were like asking people for like their packet of noodles and shit like that and they were like if someone like didn't finish off their dinner they were asking them are you can i finish that like that's how bad it was it was just horrible to see and be around situations like that we weren't used to it and it was so like sad but like once you're in that situation you have to kind of learn that you need to get out quickly or you can get trapped in it and like that's what happened to some people there they were trapped because they kept thinking oh i'll give it another week and see if i get a job or i'll give it another week and the next thing you know they've been there four months yeah and you know there was people that were also it was taking them like seven or eight months to mm-hmm. do their farm work when it's only supposed to take three months exactly and that's how bad it was so once we heard things like that like i think we heard that someone it had took them six months we were like we don't have six months to stay mm-hmm. here like that's ridiculous so i just got no information from the receptionist i find the whole situation very very strange like there was no answers and it was just like when you ask something you're pammed off and that's what we want like you want to know what's happening or where you're going or when you're going to be starting at least have an estimated time frame but like we we were just like and when you're not working and you're sitting in a hostel all day you've got nothing to do like we were just in a small town full of australians mm-hmm. which hated backpackers didn't have enough money for fucking 4g either so like you were literally just like you were just staring at the fucking seal well uh, that's it there's only so much you can do on your phone anyway so like the most of the time you were just sitting like well the wi-fi is always shit in hostels because everyone's on the fucking wi-fi <laughs> but yeah we, we just knew like i i had a feeling more so than you like you you were just like kind of going with the flow well, but what i done i was like so whenever it was coming to the end of us knowing that we were going to be leaving Bundaberg, I was like, Emma, you said to me, you were like, should we book tickets out? And like, you were adamant you wanted to leave. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, well, I'll go and speak to the person. So I went and spoke to the manager and they turned around and uh, it just shocked me. She was just like, yeah, there's not going to be work for like three months. So I would suggest you leave and then come back. And I was just like, you promised us work and you promised us a fucking a private room. So what do we do? Like we invested like basically our lives in this place, and you've just fucked us over. And they were just like, "Yeah, well." Well, yeah, she just turned around with like this attitude of, "You'll probably be in a better position to come back in another four weeks' time." We were like, "We don't Get have fucked. the money or time to wait around and come back in a month." So I know what you're gonna say next. We were just like, "Oh, okay." So that's instantly when something clicked in my head of, "Yeah, we need to go." So. But sure, we could just bear- borrow the money off our parents. Well, yeah, that's what they suggested. And Fucking I was like, dickheads. if only, um, you know, we're not all in situations like that. But we're not all born with golden, golden spoons up our arse. But um, we then just decided, like, it was probably best to leave. You know, if you're being told to wait for a month and come back, 
what's the point in hanging around so we decided well I decided to have a look online and see what the options were and the only place that we kind of knew and felt comfortable with was going back to Sydney um and because we had such a good experience in Sydney we were like hopefully we can find work there you know things are bound to get better but we knew coming to Australia it wasn't just to live in a hostel and not find work and just you know begin to notice everything like that was happening as well like we were just sitting dwelling on things and we didn't want that so what happened was I turned around to Nathan I was like we're leaving tomorrow like that's it we're not staying any longer than we need to we're leaving tomorrow and what happens is when you're in like a regional area there's not much transport so there was one train in the whole of Bundaberg (laughs) and it basically takes you to as far as Brisbane and then you have to either get a flight from Brisbane or you can also get the train to Sydney as well um but we we had to book the next train so the next train leaving Bundaberg was in the middle of night it was like three or four in the morning and I just booked it but it was so expensive because you're in a regional area and it's the only form of transport really to get out they make it really expensive Mm -hmm. so I think it was like nearly 200 per person 250 I think it was because our luggage as well you have to add your luggage in and that was only to get to Brisbane. So then from Brisbane to, to Sydney to get another flight, it all added up. So we spent it was nearly... four hours on the train as well. I know, that's what I mean. Like, it was just like the time, the travel, the distance, the price. And then like packing and unpacking and moving our stuff around. It was just all like crazy. We were like, are we really? Like, is this happening? Like, what are we going to do? And like, we were debating everything within those moments. But then we were like, something good is going to come out of this. Like, something's going to happen. So what had happened was I was in contact with that guy, wasn't I? Yeah, Michael. Yeah. Mike. Yeah, so you were contacting Mike and uh, we were trying to look online for like what hostels in Sydney were like able to offer work. And obviously because we had the experience from hostels that uh, the girls were um, like less fortunate than the guys to get jobs. Mm -hmm. Whenever you spoke to Mike, Mike was like, yeah, we can... uh, we can get Nathan a job and you were like yeah but we don't have as much money to pay for a full week of rent and he turned around and goes that's okay just pay for one person Mm -hmm. because he was trying to charge for two people wasn't he at first but he turned around and said after you explained to him that like we needed to get out of Brandenburg and like we needed to like we were going to be basically homeless so he took us in and he got me a job straight away and the yeah, job. I told him as well, like how desperate we were because yeah. we were in desperate need. Like it was the first time in my whole life that I was in a desperate yeah. urge to get out of that situation. But it was good the job that he got me. So like the first, so whenever we went back down to Sydney, then it was so like magical because we came back down. We seen the opera house and like the mm-hmm. bridge, like at night time, and it we was were so like, nice. we were like, oh, this is amazing. Like this is where we should be. And like we weren't as like we literally had like 200 bucks between us to do us that was it and we were shitting it we were like oh my god like what are we going to do like what's going to happen and we were just like you just kept on saying we just have to take it out it is nathan i think i was more worried than you which was good because you were like the rock there (laughs) and but it was good i got the job the next day so his promise paid off and i was just like well that's really good like that that's really good sign if he's promised that and i've got a job the next day he was such a good person like even whenever i was speaking to him on his on the phone you could tell within like you can tell well i know i can't i can tell within the tone of someone's voice whether yeah. they're you know being honest or they're being dishonest and he you could tell that he was very passionate in what he does and like how he helps people and things like that yeah because he was the owner of the hostel 
Um, for anyone that wants to know what it was, it was the Cronulla Backpackers. I'm Shut not too now. sure if it is. I think it was maybe getting refurbished actually. Oh really? Um, but yeah, it, yeah, it's really actually good. Such a good spot, and like they are really caring. All the staff are really nice. Yeah, and Renee. It's <laughs> um, it's friendly. The environment is a lot better as well, and because it's more smaller, it kind of seems like a family environment. Yeah. Everyone's kind of trying to help each other. And, and there's a lot was, of private rooms. There's a lot of private rooms, and they do. You know, they tell you, like, when we were arriving, he says, look, I will need to put you into a dorm, but I'll make sure you're straight on the list. And as soon yeah. as the room becomes available, that is private, you will get it. Well, couples got priority, didn't they? They did, yeah. Which was very, very fortunate compared to what we had experienced previously. Mm-hmm. Um, And the thing is, as well, because it's in Cronulla, which is, like, out of the city, um, in the southern suburbs, it's absolutely beautiful down there, especially when we were there. It was, like just beginning of summer so it was really warm and like it was nice well i know you didn't really experience it because you were at work but thanks i was walking around the beaches (laughs) and things like that and i had more to do um rather than being in like a regional area and like being lost or like being scared to leave as well so it was good like I, i got the jobs and i was doing it for like a couple of weeks and then you were obviously applying for jobs in the city um but obviously all good things come to an end. So as me and Emma were starting to pick off and um, the next thing, my phone smashed. <laughs> <laughs> so my brand new phone, Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus, smashed. And uh, it was kind of, it was mine and Emma's fault. So basically I was egging Emma on and like I kept on like winding up and then she like walked away from me and then I ran to like towards her, like catch up with her and she turned around and she smacked my phone on my hand by an accident. And it just I think l- I like turned and then your my hand elbow and yeah. my hand like hit it and it just like fell. It just we, fell and we, we both, both looked at each other. We looked at each other and it was like speeches for and like I was two raging. minutes and we were like. I was so annoyed. I, I know just, we just stared and we were like. Oh what the fuck goodness, are we going to do? do? But like so, it, was, it was smashed that badly that like it was just like. Do you know where didn't the, work. it was black but like it was like green fuzziness. Yeah. Like lines zigzagging and we yeah. were just like oh holy shit what are we gonna do i know i was fucking raging at you i wanted to kill you like seriously <laughs> i knew it, it is your fault to this day it's your fault it's but not. anyway you just uh, said at the beginning it was both me and i his fault <laughs> um but it was funny because the next day then there was i was obviously doing like my normal job but then there was an extra job oh yeah so j- just to interrupt sorry what okay. happens is whenever you're in in the hostel rooms it's quite funny because the receptionist will input um like updates through the surround system which comes through your intercom in the in the room so you could just be like chilling and then next thing the receptionist will say hey guys quick update there's a job that's coming for tomorrow anyone interested quickest person to the reception gets the job so like it's funny because like if you want the job you kind of have to race the reception to get there first to get it um so that's what happened there was like um an update sent out and there was going to be a job and she kind of introduced the ad she said two 200 bucks yeah per person yeah 200 dollars per person and it's um helping with moving um like small furniture up a few steps i mean you just looked at each other i remember we were sitting we were in a bunk bed yet again this is when we just got moved into the the couple room yeah and we just looked at each other we're like we shall we do, do it? it and you were like we need to do it but this how, is it how convenient like the universe like done that because 
I went to get a price to mm-hmm. see how much it was to fix my phone. It was oh, 400 bucks. Yeah. And then she turned around on Instagram and was like 200 per person. We were, I mean, you just looked, I think we were in the middle of like, you know, <laughs> Domino's pizza. I mean, you just looked, they were like, get the fuck out there. And we just dropped it and ran upstairs to the, or to the reception. I know. And like, I think it was on a Sunday, if I'm right. So we knew that people were going to be kind of hungover. Yeah. Drinking on Saturday. So we were like, hopefully we've got We'll more be the quickest. <laughs> so we got up quickly and she was like, don't really have much information but the guy's gonna pick you upside the hostel so like now looking at the situation that's so dodgy we let some stranger pick us up outside a hostel i know and he was 90 years old and he couldn't drive and it was like a a kia wasn't it it was like a really tiny car and i remember we were driving (laughs) and he was going like 100 miles down a 30 mile per hour zone and i was in the back went over a speed bump and you're you nearly went through the fucking roof and like, I just heard this bump and I was just like, he didn't even care. He was just going on. He looked like, do you know what he looked like? Do you know the wee guy from Up? The wee <laughs> granddad? That's what exactly he looked like. But he was Russian and like, he was telling us like a story that like, he escaped Russia from the KGB and like all, how all his family was like slaughtered by the KGB, all this here shit. And obviously it's like sad, but like he was very interesting. But then we went to the house and that was a different story. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you want to tell the story of me? You tell it. Oh, right. So basically the job was to help this old guy and his wife out with moving stuff from his dead friend's basement. Basement. But I don't think it was his friend. I think he killed this guy and he just wanted the property. That's how, like, psycho he was. <laughs> but anyway, so the catch was, like, we thought it was easy just moving a couple of things. The catch was there was 150 stairs, steps, like, a set of stairs. And they weren't level steps. They weren't they level. They were, like, uneven. So one was, like, big and then the other yeah. one was, like, narrower. And they weren't flat. And there were some were, like, steps slanted. that were, like, missing stone. Like, there was holes in it, like, cracks. And me and Emma had to carry, like, wardrobes, we filing cabinets. Books. Bo- yeah, we were expecting books and, like, DVDs and, like, fucking, like, stamp collections. You know what shit the fucking, like, old people collect? And then we went down and it was, like, full-on, like, door frames, like, wardrobes, like, filing cabinet, bookcases, tables, like, really heavy shit. And I was like, how the fuck are me and Emma supposed to carry this? So it got to the point where me and Emma, we were like, right, okay, we'll start with the small things. So we started taking the small things. And the next thing the guy came down and was like, no, you take heavy things first. And, like, me and Emma were like, how the fuck is me and Emma supposed to do this? Like, Emma's only a wee small thing. Like, I'm... I'm not fucking the rock. Like, I can carry a couple of big things, but, like, I wouldn't be able to do it the whole day. Yeah, he but me was and you, very, very demanding. Very like, demanding. And he kept on scratching his balls, remember? Like, in front of you. Mm-hmm. He was wearing, like, sweatpants, and he just kept on scratching his nuts. And I was just like, mate, my girlfriend's here. Do you mind not doing that? And, like, he just kept on going for it. Yeah, Must have had crabs. I mean, to replace him, like, he was some age. <laughs> he really was some age. He looked, he looked about at least 98. Like, he, like... Oh, but he was so old. Anyway, yeah, he he came down and yeah. he was just so demanding. And he was like, "No, stop, do this, do this, do this," and like he couldn't lift the stuff, but he was like pushing us towards lifting it, and was like, "Lift this wardrobe, then come back, get this, yeah. get the drawers, get this," and we were like, "But we okay. did. We worked out a good system. So obviously, I went up first, yeah, and then." We were like taking it, but like after like two or three, no, it was after like the second hour. We must have went up like ten times or something, or like twenty times, 
And the next thing, I just looked at you. You were like down, like halfway on the steps, and I was obviously at the top. And I looked down, and like I could see you, like just like holding on to the side of the wall. And then I came down. I was like, "Are you okay?" And you're like, "Nathan, look at my leg." And I was just like, <laughs> "What do you mean, look at your leg?" And then I looked down, and your leg was like shaking. And like you were like, "I can't stop it, Nathan." And then like you like held it down with your hand on top of your knee, and like held down. Next thing. You just lifted your hand away, and next thing your legs start shaking again. I was like, Emma, stop making it shake. This is scaring me. Like, what the fuck are we? Like, what are you doing? Are you taking a spasm? What's going on? And you were just like, it just keeps on going. And then it disappeared. And then we went for lunch. Oh my God. And the lunch, I'll I'll tell this. It was delightful. It was horrible. (laughs) It was fucking disgusting. So basically, his wife had Alzheimer's, and he had this creepy nephew who was like staying at the property with him and he literally looked like a serial killer. And anyway, we they like took us into like It their, was like a murder mystery or uh, something. The fucking house was weird as oh. fuck. It was like and the like, hotel from do the you Shining. Walking through the front door. It was literally It was like, a greenhouse. It was a greenhouse. Yeah. So you were it sweating. It was like all plants. I like know. You were actually sweating and then you couldn't see what was in front of you or behind you because yeah. there was so much fucking plants. And then it was just like the house was like seventies <laughs> style and then we walked into the kitchen and... There was no lights on? No lights on, nothing. We walked in the kitchen and it just smelled like onions. And like me and you looked at each other and we were like, what the fuck is going on? And like we brought our own lunch, but they were like, no, I insist you come have lunch with us. It's it's hospitality. It's what we do, tradition. And then we sat down and the next thing, um, the wife started talking and like the husband started rolling his eyes. And we were just like, why is he rolling his eyes? And it's like... In front of her, he was like, her mind's not all there. And we were like, what? And it's like, yeah, she's got Alzheimer's. And we were just like, what the fuck? Like, we both looked at each other. I and like how you really impersonating the accent. It's a good accent, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's good. I like storytelling. And you start kicking me underneath the seat. And next thing, they were like, so we scared. hope you... He was like, we hope you're hungry. And then next thing, you put down these two bowls of, like, grey soup. And, like, me and you looked at each other and we're like what the fuck is this and then i like took the first scoop like just being like obviously courteous mm. and i was just like mm, that's good that's good just taste it like salt water and it was basically potato potato and leek soup but like she had fucked a ton of salt in and she fucked in a lot of onion and it got really awkward because obviously emma is like really picky with her food obviously. so yeah, you start gagging. Don't like, know that. Your gag reflex. Well, no, <laughs> I just was like, oh my god. Like, I, like, not so much now, but then just starting to come travel, and I was very, very fussy with my food. So, very. when I looked at the colour, I was just like, this can't be right. What is this? And, like, they didn't introduce us to say what it was. No. They just give it to us and expected us to eat it. So, that made me feel really uncomfortable because I was like, what am I eating? This could be anything. Mm-hmm. And especially around people that you didn't know, I was like, what is this? It could have been poison. So I took a spoonful, and as soon as I took that spoonful, like, it just went straight to my, like, throat where I was, like, heaving. And I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be sick. And, like, I had to try and swallow it. And do you know whenever something's sitting resting in the back of your throat, and, like, you're trying to, like, escape liquid down your neck? You sound so hot like, right now. I was, just, <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, I'm actually gonna be sick, I'm gonna be sick. And, like, it was just all, like, hot at the back of my throat, like, I was gonna be sick. It was just staying there for ages. And I was like, oh this is disgusting. You like, sound like you're describing sucking dick. No. And <laughs> it, it was like, just so much salt. And like, oh, it was horrible. And it was like foamy and everything. And oh, sorry for the like description, but that's exactly how it was. It was just so disgusting. It was. It was all hot and foamy and it sounded like... <laughs> no. <laughs> so what happened was we 
you know, you were hungry, so you ate it all, but I I wasn't hungry. Didn't. I just ate it because I didn't want them to, like, take our fucking clothes off and gang rape us. I, fu- I didn't know what was going on. I was just being well, courteous. You were hungry. You obviously were lifting a lot of stuff, so you were hungry. But I was also starving, and I couldn't, I couldn't, like, eat it. Like, I had that one spoonful, and I was just like, I can't eat this. And, like, I kept nudging you as well, and I was just like, what am I going to do? Like, and he just kept looking, like, to, to ask why I hadn't ate it. And then... He just came out of it, and he was like, so you didn't like it? And then he just took your bowl and walked away. And, and I was, was just like, like Emma, we're going to die now. This is this is where we die. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And, like... And then he slabbered to his wife. He turned around to his wife. It's like, you put too many onions in it. You don't know what you're doing. And we and you were like... Oh my god, like me, calm down. He just spoke so poorly towards her and had no respect for her at all. And like, she was crying, so we felt really uncomfortable sitting there watching her. And like, he was just like, just ignore her, don't pay any any attention towards her. And like, she was fully crying, and we were like, We want to leave. What do we do? What do we do? But we just kept on thinking about my phone. I know, we were like, We need to get paid. And then I was panicking because we didn't get paid, but we just kept on doing it. So like, as the hours went on, like, it was such a long day because we were heavy lifting the the pool. Was it eight hours? Yeah, it was like thirty degrees. It was like thirty degrees. And your legs were shaking like mad. And my legs were in total spasm. <laughs> and I remember, so he did pay us, and everything went great. We got the phone fixed. But I remember for three or four days after, I had to walk around in my tippy toes because my calves. Oh yeah, were so it was the worst workout ever. So so inflamed. Yeah. Like, and I remember we done everything to try and help, and I couldn't yeah. walk. I couldn't put my foot flat on the ground because it was so sore. Like that's how bad it was. Well, that's just one of many very experiences that me and Emma have had working in Australia. But um, I'll try and speed it up a wee bit with how we got to our farm work in uh, Innisfail. So basically after that, me and Emma applied for jobs in the city and we got data entry role jobs um, at an energy company and we both worked with each other. And uh, that's... We're in the same similar roles in for like the same, years, yeah. which was good in the same job for the first six months and we met our best friend alan uh, from columbia and uh, i know i don't know why i said it um <laughs> yeah you just throw me off now thanks <laughs> it's because i've got the headphones on and there's like the like one second delay but i need to listen to see if like we can hear each other and it's we're okay, speaking the right thing you know but i do I because you. i've listened to the last three podcasts and i know other people have and they're probably like why is nathan slurring his words i'm like why does he keep on prolonging his words so that's why maybe you should take the earphones off babe. yeah but i need to like hear it plus it makes me look cool and um, so <laughs> but yeah so we done the six months um at the energy company and then so that yeah, was just coming... for people that don't know, you can only work in a role for six months in yeah, Australia on, the on the visa. holiday visa. So when you find a role, you, it's it's good to try and secure a role for the full six months because if you only have a role which is temporary for a couple of weeks, you know, it's not good for the future if you're trying to secure money or yeah. have like a stable income. You want to be able to, to know in advance, okay, I've got this amount of hours for this amount of time mm-hmm. um and it's good if you do try and get into agencies like we went around a few yeah. different agencies and they interviewed us and they did make some false promises but then we got to a good agency that did then get us work and they it's good pay as well roles and we did get good money which was great it was After like 28 bucks which works out like 19 quid yeah, like hour. that was that's what we kept on thinking whenever we came over here we we're like oh what's this uh it translated back into British Pound and like it was like 19 quid an hour. Like imagine we had that job back there, like back in Belfast. So yeah, it would have only been like never, seven quid an hour. We would never get paid that amount. I know. Yeah, we really The wages are good for, here. 
for the fact that we got a good job mm-hmm. it was a job that was easy we didn't need yeah. train to do it no and it was just something to get by to pay yeah which was good enough because then we could save to get in our own apartment and move out of the hostel and mm-hmm. things like that so which we, were we in, did we were in a good situation and we did get back on our feet so that's the thing with those situations if you ever do have doubt of you know maybe not coming to Australia but maybe just traveling anywhere you're gonna think what's the worst thing that can happen but it doesn't matter what's gonna happen you're gonna learn from it and you always step back from that situation and land back in a better position as well mm-hmm. which is great because we definitely did and then we after that we were always in roles so like I mentioned before when you get one job in Australia and you're on your resume that you've on the system got the experience yeah. and you're in with one agency it's good because when your role ends after the six months they will try and find you something else which is good but if not at least you've already got on your resume that you've got that experience exactly. so you can try and find something else for like another six months or whatever and it's good if you work at like a, a company that has a big name in australia like people yes. who, who we work for and that's good if on your resume because you're like, oh, he's worked at this here company, yeah. so that's going to be good. Like he obviously must be competent at what he's done. Yeah, that's what they they really like that, and that's what they do look for here, which is very strange because I know they don't back in Belfast. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, then we just kept on working like as much as possible to maintain savings, and we knew at some point after that horror story of Bundaberg, it did put us off to do farm work. To be honest, yeah. we didn't want to do it. We kind of went off the subject. We were like, don't want to do it. Especially me, I was very stubborn towards yeah. it. I was like. I'm not going back to that situation. I just kept thinking that I was going to be placed back into a dorm and things like that. So I was like, I don't want to do that. Do you actually remember now? Like Alan kept on telling us, he's like, just do it. You just have to do it. Like we met like a really good friend. He's like, like one of my bestest friends that I like have ever had. And I'm so grateful for him. Um, he's like my brother like I'm just so so close to tell him everything but like as soon as we met we just built that bond and connection mm-hmm. like the three of us are just like like the we same. have the best he's connection. a dirty cunt <laughs> um, and like we, we're just so like open and like we told him our situation what happened he was like I'm telling you now guys if you don't do your farm work you're gonna regret it and because we were having the encouragement and good people around us the more that we like learned we were like you know what if, what are we gonna do if we don't do it where are what we, we got go? to lose and like if we do it again and it does like messes around you know oh well we'll deal with it whenever that happens but we didn't we didn't think of that as the outcome we were just like oh well we're bound to find something good so we kept looking and then we actually knew people that were on this farm up in kerns um and just like a brief understanding as well trying to find the farm work is so not easy like we were looking on backpackers everything it's never updated and also when you message the farmer on those backpacker sites there's like 500 people that are mm-hmm. messaging so you're not going to get a chance unless you're one of the first people to so communicate what would you i know what i would think i think the best way to find farm work is free other people free other people yeah isn't it i think if you're planning to come to australia and you know you want to do farm work i would suggest connecting with as many people as possible mm-hmm. and asking even if you're only here a couple of weeks ask them you know, have you done your farm work? Where would you suggest? Where did you do yeah. yours? Get the contact numbers because if you don't get those contact numbers, that's you losing out. Yeah. Um. What we done was we asked everyone. We asked for contact numbers. Phone the farms. Find it out if we, they had like availability. And I think being in Queensland, I know we had friends that done it down near Adelaide and Melbourne, but we went up um north to Cairns because the season um is bananas and it's in season all year. Yeah. So you're guaranteed work all year round and it's like all weather conditions as well so it's very very hot and humid 
but then the cyclone rain season doesn't interrupt the work too much either so yeah. we knew that if it did rain that we wouldn't be impacted by the amount of time that we had yeah because we were cutting it like we had maybe four months to do it so we knew that if we'd done it within 12 weeks that we would be finished within enough good time mm-hmm. so we, we did get it done within the, the 12 weeks and we got early weight which was great yeah and we we got there because we knew other people were there so we had you know we had friends at that time and we were like where did you do yours where are you going and they actually were there when we went up and they turned around and said look it is really good and they you know the the owners are like a family and they say you know this is what's happening they look out for you like you're doing you. children yeah. and they were really really nice like we mm. were meshing them back and forward and he was like definitely put couples as a priority like we don't even put the couples into the hostel we put them into and an he picked apartment. you up from the airport as well he if picked he you up from the airport in cairns which is so nice because it's an all right side of cairns yeah so like he's making sure that you're safe and yeah. then when you arrive there he like tells you where everything is in the town so like you're in a town with like a few shops and things like that so he'll tell you where to go to get your essentials or like your work gear and things like that well, our time was really good because we had mcdonald's kmart KFC. target <laughs> Cool, cool, kills. KFC. KFC. We have Woolworths. Um, there was like a lot of shit there. Domino's and all. Like it was brilliant. Yeah, there was a lot of food, which was good because for that's hangover. what you needed for comfort. Like every day <laughs> after being exhausted from yeah. banana packing, I was like, uh, I'm KFC, not even joking. <laughs> I thought working on the farm, I was going to lose so much weight. But because we were in the hostel for three months, I was a fat fuck. Yeah. Remember, I took the pictures. There's pictures of my belly. Like, that's I, not nice to say though. Well, I had I had a beer belly, and like it's crazy. Like I I must have put on like a good like ten well, ten kilo, kilos. Like you drunk three times a week. It was crazy. It was the best time of my life, though. <laughs> it was unreal. Well, yeah, I'll just share like a brief insight to my experience, and then you can share yours because yeah, obviously yeah, our experiences were very very different. Go for it. Um, but yeah, on for me, so I actually started work before you. The day after, so we arrived on the Saturday and I started my job on the Monday. And I remember um, the receptionist said to me, you know, like you start work and you get up at 5am and you have to be on the bus outside the hostel for six and it takes you to your farm. So all the buses outside the farms basically allocate you to where you need to work. And they do different pickups and stops and things like that. So it takes a bit of time to get to work. And I had no idea what to expect. And I was like, oh my goodness, Nathan, like... Again, the hostel was grim, like, but we were used to it by this point. We had stayed in a hostel before, so we kind of knew what to experience. So I felt like we were a bit more calmer and relaxed around it um, and things like that. So it was fine the second time around about staying in the hostel. And like we knew again, oh, it's only temporary. Like we really want to do our farm work now, so let's just plow on with it. Um, but starting that day, I had no idea what to expect. And I turned up the farm and like it was just very like, like, I was on a family farm, which was great because it was a lot smaller. But, like, the farmers were just so strict. So, like, you had to make sure you were fast-paced all day long for 8 to 10 hours in the day. And if they saw that you were, like, maybe walking a bit slower, looking a bit drowsy, tired, like, they would have been straight on at you. Go do that. Go do this. You know, like, they were very, very demanding. And, like, they definitely got their money's worth out of making you work there. Um, but like I, I would say that I did like I, I, it's not something I regret. Like I'm glad I done it. I'm glad I got my second year visa. Um, but the amount of work that's involved is crazy. I'm working in that heat, like in Cairns. <laughs> There's one day it touched 46. 46, 47 degrees. You were outside, but me 
I was inside the shed and there was no fans, no nothing. Like you were just standing in, in the heat and the heat was just like swifting off your face. Like it was just so horrible. And like you have to just get on with it. Like you can't show any signs of like weakness, like, or you can get fired. Like your job's on the line every day. You have to make sure that you're fighting for this job and you really appreciate it. And what I done was I was packing bananas. The bananas went round on the wheel and I had to lift them off, weigh them on the scanner, pack them into a bag and tape them and then put them into a box. So that was what I was doing straight for eight hours a day. And when you're not used to doing something like that, you begin to realise, oh my goodness, my hands are hurting, like my back's hurting. Like you were beginning to notice that you had muscles that you never once thought you had. And my hands were aching. Like, do you remember I had to tape all my fingers up because they were staved? Yeah. And, like, it was just so uncomfortable. Like, it was just such a horrible experience. At the same time, it was kind of funny because everyone was in it. So, like, at the weekend when you had no work, you work Monday to Friday and then you're off the whole weekend. So, at the weekend, everyone just gets crazy drunk and, like, everyone's, like, just wanting to, like, release, like, all the stress of during the week and things like that. So, everyone's, like, trying to, like, get involved and have a good time, which is cool. But at the same time, you're body has not got a chance to rest it's so so exhausted so you're, you're trying to like have fun but at the same time you're like so tired and your body's aching and you just constantly have aches and pains um what i found was that the hostel again was very very clicky so it was very difficult to meet friends i think especially for a couple it's more so difficult to me it's make, very hard people make friends. are like very intimidated by a couple well, I, I think believe. people are just very very standoffish especially if they're single like they don't want to interact with a couple no. um maybe we don't have the same interests or whatever it is but i found it very very tricky to make friends and it was quite like overwhelming as well because there's so many different characters and everyone's trying to make a front and an impression to, yeah. to make friends as well i mean personally i would be quite standoffish and quiet but if i get You're to chat to someone i am very open and interactive yeah. but at first i'm quite like quiet and if someone confronts me and things like that like i don't like confrontation or anything like that and you could sense that there's a lot of drama and people strived on creating the drama and getting involved in it which is fair enough. why are you talking about me but um it just wasn't for me and like that would have made me sometimes not want to get involved and on the weekends maybe just stay in and like as much as it does seem amazing and on Instagram, you maybe look at people doing farm work and in the hostels, it looks like such a cool lifestyle and crazy and hectic. But there's only so much of that you can take to a point of, I just want to curl up on a ball in bed and cry. Like, you actually get to the point of, this is too much. Like, I need to just, like, have a moment to myself. And I felt like I wasn't actually having, like, any time to myself. Like, it was just, like, you were living with people in the apartment. Some of, like, some of the people were great, but some of the people... You know, like, you couldn't get a moment away from someone. They were just constantly like, what are you doing now? What are you cooking? What are you doing? And, like, constantly getting questioned about what you're doing as well. Like, it oh, was quite overwhelming. And then, um, whenever you, like, move in to, like, another place and then you're forced to live with someone else, like, you have to get used to how they live. And it was just constant change over the three months that we were there. Um, But the time went in really, really quickly, which was one thing. But even whenever I was working on my farm, I didn't have any friends. So it was very, very difficult. Like, I would say I struggled more than you did. Like, you made friends, which was good, but I didn't. I, the, the girls that worked on my farm, they were very clicky with each other and they knew each other. They came out here as friends. So they got onto the same farm together. Whereas I didn't know anyone. So I was just like, 
an absolute loner had no one to talk to and I was just like in a zone of my own headspace for eight hours a day so because I was mentally trying to challenge myself and encourage myself that I could do this and complete this there were so many days that I wanted to give up and like I was physically using my body more than I have ever done in my whole life so like each day it was like a mental challenge for me to prove myself wrong that I could do it and each day was like a fight that right I'm gonna get through the end of this day and another day is down like you were just constantly counting the time down to be like when am I done when am I gonna like walk out of here and that's it over with I don't have to look back ever again so that that's how I was looking towards it like I didn't have good people around me to be honest um because of the whole like bitchy scene and the drama scene it's not something I like to get involved in whenever I notice that it kind of puts me in a position where I stand off and don't want to get involved um and in the in the farm as well like I I just got on with it I knew that I was there just to get the farm work done I just couldn't be bothered whenever I knew that people were being clicky and they didn't want to talk to me or they were judging me and like having a comment on how I was doing something I just thought I can't be bothered like I'm only here to get this done like it's so weird because me and you had two different experiences mm. but like we were living with each other in the farm so like your experience was really bad on the farm well not really bad I don't like I said I don't look back with regret I do enjoy that I've done it but just that I didn't make friends I look at other people's experience I'm like oh my god they've made so many friends for life like I personally walked away with well yeah there's like two or three that I would say that I keep in contact with now shout out Chris and Adriana (laughs) but like not necessarily what I expected like there's just so much drama that I just didn't want it was different like definitely like our two experiences were a lot different so obviously you were on the farm with a girl with a girl group who were in their own clique and they didn't want you to be included whereas my experience was totally different like I came into a group of lads and obviously guys are different and like there was like six or seven of us and like we all like sort of treated each other like brothers and like everyone looked out for each other and we just made sure that everyone was like safe and like felt comfortable and like obviously yeah. like lads like slabbered each other and like egg each other on and there's a lot of banter and stuff like that but at the end of the day we all know that we're doing the exact same shit job and we just have to try and get through it yeah that's it. um but it was brilliant like i loved it like it reminded me of like high school like just the way like the lads go on like every weekend like we were just going out drinking and like beer ponging and just getting fucked up like and it was brilliant and it wasn't so like a that much bad for you because i brought you along with the guys and stuff like that and then yeah like you met like obviously like their girlfriends and like you were talking away to them so it was good that way um but yeah it was fucking brilliant i i really enjoyed my time on the farm Um, it was what so were good you doing, like in your job so i was doing <laughs> the first two days i'd done the banana humping and it was the worst experience of my life um my legs are really skinny, so, like, I didn't have the muscles for it. Like, I was just, like, fucked the first two days. And what is and, banana humping for people I don't know? Um, yeah, no, it sounded weird. Whenever <laughs> banana humping, yeah, you're going and fucking a bunch of bananas. Um, yeah, whenever we whenever we went there, we were hearing people, like, talking about humping. And I was just like, what the fuck is that? And then whenever we went to the farm, humping is where they cut the banana bunch. And the banana bunch, like, can weigh anywhere between 50 kilograms to 80 kilograms. Um, obviously the bigger bunches were 80 kilograms 50 were the smaller ones um, the majority of the ones you were taking were sort of like in between and but it's still fucking hard so you're putting that right on top I don't know why I'm doing the actions but it's obviously in the video you put it right on top of your shoulder 
and you need to make sure that you're holding it right at the base in the middle mm. and you have to try and balance it and you're not allowed to bruise those bananas so whenever you're walking a distance to put them on the tractor mm. you have to make sure you're putting them down really really lightly because if you bruise them that's a loss of income for the fucking farmer and a bunch of bananas could have been like a hundred bucks and i remember there were some days where my muscles just caved in and like i just dropped the banana right in front of the like i dropped the whole bunch one time right in front of the farmer oh and the farmer just looked at me and just shook his head and like he was furious and they were italian so like they were very very angry and uh just two days of doing it i was just like i can't fucking do this anymore and i got a big break from the hostel um worker who got me a job on the farm still but I was doing maintenance to the trees. So I was walking about with, basically my job was walking about with a sword and cutting dead leaves off trees to make sure that they were getting enough sunlight and like enough water for the banana. So basically we were doing the bitch job, but it was brilliant because I was getting paid the same amount of money that the other guys were getting paid to hump the bananas. And I reminded them of it because they kept on saying to me I was a bitch and I was just like, we're getting, see- we're getting paid for the same amount of money, yeah. <laughs> for the same job. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. But then this is one other thing that we haven't talked about with farm work. So whenever you first get there, you meet all your friends, but then they've obviously came at a different time and they're leaving. So it's very hard to try and maintain like that friendship to get you through the tough times because so many people are coming and going well yeah that's it there's so much change people are leaving people are going people are coming new people are coming and like people are always just acting up acting you know showing their character to try and make friends and impress people and that's just like not my scene so whenever i can recognize that and it just seems very immature Mm -hmm. i kind of take a step back and don't want to get in that so there was like some weekends, especially towards the end, whenever my friends that I did make that I liked and got on really well with and built that connection with had left, I kind of then just started to like isolate myself within the apartment by maybe just cooking food and doing little things like that, rather than going around to the hostel where I could see that new people were coming. Because the more new people came, the more drama there was. And like, I remember people were like chucking eggs in the hostel and like taking people's food and like. There's just so much unnecessary like things happening. We were like, we're not going there anymore. Like that's just so weird. <laughs> There's so many stories going through my head. Like I loved it. Yeah. It was fucking brilliant. Like the amount okay, of stories just, like, we have. See if you don't do it, you honestly will regret you it. Need like to do it. even though I didn't build like lasting friendships, it's not always about that. It's about the experiences. Like I honestly had so much mental training and time for myself to recognize and develop a character and i understand that i am not capable of doing anything that i can put my mind to yeah like i was unstoppable like i was every day like fighting to do it and prove myself wrong and the day that was the last day like i kid you not it was like the, the most sensational feeling ever to just get on that bus and leave um ennisfield to go to cairns and just no. like we're free like it was just so surreal that we had done it and, and we finished it. We had that same experience of going back to Sydney and seeing the Harbour Bridge. Yes. Like we were away from it for four months and then You just appreciate everything. Yeah, we were just Especially when you live life like so small. Amazing. Like in in this field you only have very little shops and things to do. So then going back to a big city is like a big wow factor. You're like, Oh my goodness, like look at that, like how huge is that? Like there's 
skyscrapers again like it was just so surreal so like it was just that you got to kick up the arse to basically appreciate more and appreciate the little things because like running hot water wasn't like a frequent thing within the like apartments and things like that it was just like Mm -hmm. you got what you were given and that was it like you just had to like take it on the chin and deal with it and we were in a much better situation coming back to Sydney because we obviously had a little bit more savings like we didn't just have 200 bucks but um we it didn't take us that long to find the work the again next job. no it, it took us two weeks to find a really well-paid job yeah. and um that's whenever we met orla yeah another wee bestie shout out orla <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like now looking back on doing the farm work i'm actually so happy because we got extended to stay so it's got that bonus if anyone mm-hmm. wants to you know extend their stay after the one year if they really enjoy their experience in australia it's essential that you do do the farm work to get that visa. Yeah. Um. And if you don't, and you try to do other things to to get around it, which I know people do, it's it's just silly because you lose out on that experience. Yeah. And it's an experience you're never going to get in, again in your life. Well, you're you're probably not there's, going to. There's so many people that I've talked to who are like from Ireland and they come here and they fake their visa like to get the second year, and I'm just like, why would you do that? And they're like, oh, I'm not doing fucking farm work. I was like you have missed out on a like an opportunity of the lifetime yeah. you've really missed out it's, just it's so like going back to high school but you're an adult it's fucking class <laughs> that's exactly it's what it's kind like of like a movie like it it's is. just like and at the same time it's like love island and big brother because i'm back at the future got, mixed in. you've got all the people that are like going around one guy and there's like a little drama creating and then it's it like was always me he's sleeping with him and she's sleeping with her and oh there's just so much like there's just so much drama and it was like like so much gossiping and like i was just like what do you um, like where do you, you like, put your headspace me and you were like devine mccall and rylan just commenting and all <laughs> <laughs> we were like oh my god what are we doing um but no it was fucking brilliant i would definitely recommend people to do it D- definitely and like I said, make sure to keep in contact with people that you come across like, throughout your travels and get the contacts for for farms that they've had good yeah. experiences on because then you're guaranteed to be somewhere that is going to look after you. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so we came to Sydney and we got a job for six months and then we got another job for six months and we live, we've lived basically all over Sydney. We lived in like the main spots, like Zetland, beautiful place in Sydney. Um, but yeah, you're you're guaranteed to get really good living situations. Really good living, yeah, definitely. It can be expensive, but it depends what you want, and it depends, it depends. if you want to live with people, and yeah. it depends if you want to live on your own. It just depends, but it's definitely yeah. doable. So don't feel like oh, it's too expensive. I can't yeah. afford it. What happens is when you get a good job in Sydney, the wage is good, but the lifestyle balances out. So your yeah, living exactly. situation is a little bit more expensive. But you've got living next to the beach, living next to more frequent public transport. Yeah. You're next to shops, you're next to everything that you need, so you don't mind paying that additional price. Exactly. And also the living situations are far healthier than what they were. You know, maybe referring back to my living situation in Belfast, there was always something happening with my like rental property that we had to complain about and like get fixed. Whereas here it's more like modern yeah. and you, you don't mind paying that extra price to have those things as well. Those luxuries, yeah. exactly. You don't you don't mind paying out that extra bit of money just to have those luxuries and like that's what I mean. Like you don't have to house share with like six or five hour people just to get like rent for like two hundred and fifty no. bucks each. Like we use that website Flatmates to um get one of our places in Zetland and it was five hundred bucks per week. And like that was only two fifty between the both of us. Like yeah. that's cheap as fuck for rent. Yeah. 
like if you are single i do recommend all bills included as well living with people to to make friends yeah um but for couples i think it's essential that you live on your own and you have your own like privacy but there is also options to also live with other couples as well it just depends what your preferences i suppose and what you want to pay and things like that and what area you want to be in but sydney is absolutely amazing like we've lived in sydney the whole time since those experiences and it's just like there there's nothing that i can say is bad it's crazy because like all the suburbs have all their expertise in foods as well which is great yeah so like there's so many restaurants to eat out at and like that's what you said like there's always like things to do like i just love the fact that since coming here i've learned more about different cultures and yeah i interact with more people i try different food like i'm more of a risk taker now than what i used to be like i used to just hold back and like no i'm not trying that that looks disgusting yeah you know what i mean like it was just because i was raised that way and like past judgment on things that i hadn't even tried whereas now i'm like no i will try that and see what it's like i'm like learning more about different people as well like there's so many different cultures and it's really especially within sydney as well it's so amazing because you've got all different kinds of foods to try and things like that and like everyone is welcome no matter who you are what you do or anything like that like you're you're welcome and appreciated to be who you want to be yeah and it's pretty amazing because you feel accepted and you feel like you can be whatever you are without walking down the street and thinking, oh my God, they're looking at me, they're judging me. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like I used to like walk around in Belfast constantly think that people were like looking at me and judging me just because you feel like it's got like that negative concept for some reason because of your past experiences. So you're going to keep thinking they're looking at me, they're looking at me. But whereas here, everyone just gets on with it. Like no no one acts like that. I know. And I feel like because Ireland is so small as well, it, it is very like that. Whereas here, everyone is just kind of in their own situation, getting on foot. No, they they really are. No one gives a fuck what you do here, um, no. which is great. Everyone just leaves themselves to each other. And you feel more free. Yeah. No, well, I definitely recommend if um, people are listening, like if you want to ask more questions about like how um, we came out here, um and like if you want contacts like for the farm and all i don't know what's going on with coronavirus and i don't know um how long it's going to be before they start opening up the borders as well but i mean it probably won't be until like i think it won't be until like 2022 so we'll probably got another you year never you never know but, but yeah for anyone listening that has thought about maybe traveling and put it off and maybe your travel's been affected by COVID or anything like that, and you're maybe thinking, no, should I go? Should I not go? <clears throat> Definitely do it. Like, it's something that you will never regret. Yeah. Like, you have to do it. You have to experience all these things. Like, even if it is things that seem negative at that point, you're always going to find something else that can help you come through it and get out of it. And you should never give up and think, oh, this is it. You know, it's over. Yeah. That's it you know there's always going to be an outcome out of something and it's got to be positive if you keep working through it it's about having determination and just getting on with it Regret. and that's what we did we just kept on thinking this is not it like we, we've packed everything up and came here and paid all this money like there's going to be something good out of it exactly and like we've landed on our feet and we're so settled and content after so long and it feels amazing because we're like we finally got what we wanted I know. <laughs> No, well, I think we'll end on that note. Um, Quite a positive note. Yeah, it is a good positive note. Um, Thanks for everyone listening, and I'll see you next week.
Yes, and thanks for having me, Nathan. I'm sure I'll be back soon. So if you have any questions or anything you would like to ask me, again, just make sure to send them through to Nathan and I can talk about them in the next time. Are you going to come back as Emma Craig or The Flawed Journey? I don't know. Maybe I could be suspicious. Sweet. That was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck did I say that? Anyway, bye, bye people. Thanks.